Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to this week's Man on the Post podcast. My name is Adam. I'm joined by Simon. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, good. How you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Probably in a better mood than the two of you will be. Yeah, and I also have Carl. Carl, how's it going? Smashing and terrific. How about you? Grand. Absolutely grand. Right, so um, let's kick this off. Let's, let's go. We had Friday Night Football. We had... Fulham versus Wolves. Fulham won. Wolves won. Did anyone watch this game? I did. Okay. So yep. Wolves, Wolves, Fulham flying high. Wolves got one nil up. Yeah, yeah. It was. It wasn't a great game of football, but I thought Wolves played well. To be honest, um, first half they definitely deserved the lead. Shock, but I generally thought Fulham would run riot on them, to be honest, and maybe it was more wishful thinking than no one. But um, no, Wolves, Wolves played well. Um, good goal, good finish for Wolves' goal, and then Fulham's great finish as well. I just thought Fulham lacked something. I thought Wolves were at it. Um, yeah, they, they definitely were. I mean, that uh, Vinicius is it up top. He's not. He's not great. He's not great at all, to be honest. Um, Mitrovic would probably give him a lot more, and has given him a lot more. Um, I, I just thought they were a bit unbalanced. It was very Marco Silva Everton esque, to be honest. Um, Wolves, Wolves probably deserved to win. I'm obviously glad he didn't. Um, but it, it doesn't look it doesn't look great for us when Wolves are pulling out uh, results like that. And I know Fulham. I mean, they are overachieving, but let's face it, they have been good this year. Um, Fulham should should be beating them. I mean, talk about good. I mean, the rugby game went hand and things wouldn't, wouldn't quite have all settled down. But if they'd won this game, they'd be a point off Champions League football. I mean, bonkers when you think about it, but. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's got them playing, Silver. All right, he had a bit of a blip on Friday, but he, he has got them playing. Like I've said, numerous, me and Simon and Dave and everyone have said, that's not William, is it? I mean, he's 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 class. I love him. It's not the Arsenal one, anyway. And no, he's definitely not the Arsenal one. Um, but it, fair, play to, fair play to Silver and fair play to Fulham. And unfortunately, fair play to Wolves, because... Lopetegu seems to have got them playing and it's not very good for us that like but I, 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 I've said for the, the past couple of weeks I think Wolves will be fine unfortunately I think if you, if you take it back to the beginning of the season Fulham would have if you said to Fulham you can have a point against Wolves yeah but, definitely but it, it looks like a two points drop for Fulham there it does doesn't it maybe, maybe even the other way around the Wolves can probably look at that and think 
probably two points drop for us. But that's the good thing about Wolves. The very I wouldn't say Everton like, but they don't really kill games very well, and it showed here because Fulham got a uh, got a lot uh, got a lot more into it second half, especially in the second half of the second half, as it were. But in the end, one all, they didn't win, so we move. Yeah, let's go. Everton nil, Villa two. Who wants it? Shall I go first? Or do oh, it? go on. God, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, from our point of view, it's a much needed win, having you know lost the last three and conceded eleven goals. I mean, admittedly against Arsenal and Man City in that run, it's uh, slightly skewed. But now, I mean, the big win for us. A clean sheet was important. Um, sort of from the highlights I've seen, but Everton, Everton probably had quite probably had more chances than us. But other than the save from Anana's head in the first half and the goal-like clearance from Mings. They, I never really felt like that they had like a proper clear-cut chance. They just, like with Neil Mopo up front, as we've sort of discussed before, they, they just look a bit toothless, really. He's, you know, he's got one goal in his last 28 or 29 games now in the league. So I, I think it was... I said to Carl, I think, in the WhatsApp group afterwards, Everton needed to score first in this game if they were going to get anything. And I think once we took the leads, I was fairly confident that, that we'd see it through then. Um, I know Carl didn't think it was a penalty, but I honestly, I really am struggling to see where you're coming from with that. The the, the, the initial angle, when you look at it, it does look like he, re- he wins the ball, but... They showed a match of the day, the last angle, he, he doesn't touch the ball and, and he, he does catch them again. Uh, so for me, I think also a big thing when penalties are given, the reaction from players, I mean, no, no one, none of the Everton players really complained too much. So I, I think it was a penalty. And then as I say, once we went one nil up, I just felt that we were probably always going to win that. And the second goal from Brendia, from an attacking point of view, it was a really nice goal. He took it well, but. I mean, the defended, it, it wasn't even a, a brilliantly disguised dummy. I thought, you know, it's pretty clear what Brendier was going to do. And Cody and I think two other Everton players were completely sold on it. And then a nice finish. So, yeah, it's taken a long night from us. And that's, uh, we've had five away games under Emery now. We've won four of them. So, we're doing something right well away from home anyway. But, yeah, for Everton... Just it's as we've said all season, the lack of goals. I uh, really don't see where they're going to come from, and and that I think could be a real issue. Donovan, Carl, your turn. <sighs> Fucking hell. Um, yeah, um, I, I did have me rant on um, our WhatsApp group. Unfortunately, I've looked again, and it, I don't think he. I don't think he touches the ball. I think the ball actually spins. As opposed to Garner actually touching it, it is soft, um, and Garner does complain. By the way, sorry. Um, um, I thought I thought we were. I don't think we played badly, and that, that that's that's the the biggest thing. We didn't play badly, and we did have a lot of, shall we say, touches in their half. Um, we should. We're, we're desperate for a striker. Absolutely desperate. Letting letting Villa possession not dominate, but they had the right possession away from home. I mean, in a game they were winning as well, you'd expect Evan to to to, to 
Do you know what I mean? It's not like they, they scored late, late on. They scored after the penalty in 60 minutes. You'd expect there. Exactly that. And if, if you look at the stats, it's just, it, it's it's not looking good. I mean, I think we've scored like two goals in open play since like October. I mean, that's pathetic. Um, our top goal scorer in the league's got three. Three frigging goals. I mean, it's just shambolic. Um, I mean, I'm just going to touch on Buendia's goal. What the hell is Connor Cody doing? He literally, it's not even, he's not even sold. He's just stopped and just went, go ahead, just put it there. Um, uh, as soon as the ball hits the back of the net, you see Pickford screaming at Connor Cody going, what the fuck have you just done? It's just, it's, it's just embarrassing. Um, but we've got Arsenal on Wednesday. I mean, could we expect score? Because we're not scoring. We we will not score. We will not score at the Emirates. We I'll be. We won't even lay a glove. I think we're. You don't think there's going to be um, an Arsenal double? You're joking, aren't you? Um, I I I've never. Yeah, the Emirates. I've been. I've seen some absolutely dire Everton performances in the Emirates. Oh, haven't we all? But I, I think I think it's just come to. A, I think that result proper took the stuff out of me because I I just don't see where these wins are coming from. The, the you've, more got, that, you've, you've got some tough fixtures coming up, haven't you? Like you, you needed to get a result on Saturday. I think. Oh, well, I said this last week to you, didn't I? I said yeah. we've got to go, we've got to go and beat you. And I've I've said this a couple of times now on th- this podcast, we've run out of games where we're thinking, yeah, we'll beat them, yeah, we'll beat them, yeah, we'll beat them. We've be- Yeah, we beat Arsenal on brilliant results, but we beat Leeds, which, with all due respect, we should have beat them. But n- you're looking at the next few games, we've got Arsenal, then um, Forest away. I mean, we've got to beat Forest. It's it's just no ifs or buts now. We've got to beat them. I know they're better at home, but they're not very good, are they? Let's face it. I know we're not great, but we should be beating Forest the crap. But it, I, 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 I'm going to say it now: if we don't beat Forest on Sunday, I think it's over. I don't think we'll recover from it. Speaking of Leeds, then let's put that one to bed because I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Piss off, sorry. <laughs> Uh, in a very important, uh, a good old-fashioned relegation six-pointer, Leeds won Southampton nil. I mean, it's a dreadful game of football. Um, I, I really don't know how much the day managed to get more than two minutes. <laughs> I was thinking but, that. But, I mean, absolutely huge win for Leeds, especially with them having lost to yourselves last weekend. And you, I was kind of... I was a bit disappointed with, with Southampton, really. I mean, I know they're not very good and they've been pretty useless all season. But you would have thought, on the back of the win at Stamford Bridge last week, they'd have gone to Leeds, who, you know, let's be honest, are, are pretty shit themselves. I'd have thought they'd have gone with a bit of real confidence and, and had a proper go at them. But they, they just went there to try and nick your points. And when you're bottom of the table and you're playing against a... a a genuine relegation rival like that surely you've got to be going out to try and win that game and uh, they got what they deserved in the end which is nothing yeah agreed totally agree with that 
one of the <laughs> these are where some of the positives for Everton come on, in games that we don't play in because I think Southampton are done. Yeah, yeah, I think Southampton and Bournemouth are done to be honest. Yeah, yeah agreed. We'll get on to Bournemouth are not very good. No, <laughs> but <clears throat> it's going to come down to the fact that who's worse or who's leads, personally. Or West Ham. No, nah, I think West Ham are well out of it. And I know they're not at the minute, but they will. Um, Leeds haven't got a, a favourable few fixtures coming up either, to be fair, which is good. I think West Ham are in it. I think Forrest is still in it. I know that... I think I, I said Forrest would start dropping like a stone. I think Leicester and, Leicester and Wolves while below Forrest. I think they've got a bit more about them. I didn't think that... I don't see them falling into it, but I think, yeah. I, 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 I fully expect Forrest to be scrambling around for points soon, to be honest. I really do. Because, yeah. again, the crap. They do, and they really are crap. I, 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 I think Forrest will stay up, but I agree that he won't be as comfortable as maybe they thought he was going to be a week or two ago. Like, I, I think they will start to fall down, but I think they've probably got just enough about them to, to scrape it because their home form is really good so like regardless of what you actually think because there was a team like the facts are they, I think they're unbeaten in some like eight or nine home games now so like that you, you can't you can't really argue with that like unless some you know the, if they can if, say if you go and beat them and that breaks their home form in the next week or so then maybe you know, they may start getting a bit nervous and a bit panicking, and then they then you can drag them into it. But like you said, I think you've got to go and beat them because it drags them into. The more teams you can drag into it with, along with yourself and Leeds, then then the better for you, really. But I think in terms of this game, not and it's not not the game so much I'm going to talk about. But I think if you look at what both clubs have done off the off the pitch this week. Like you can tell that Southampton think they're done. Like giving the job to this to the captain, where and whereas Leeds go and get Javi Garcia in. I mean, I thought Ross was happy, but sorry, Ross, I I don't agree with that at all, personally. But there you go. I think it's a choice of him or Jesse Marsh. I think it's a yeah, like best like what were the options and. He seems to be on a relatively. He seems to be on this flexible contract, which we don't know what that means. Well, he was at Watford, so he doesn't really know contracts, does he? <laughs> he knows paydays. Yeah, well, that, that as well, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah you, you might, you might be the point about Southampton. I mean, you could almost argue when they appointed Nathan Jones in October, they knew they were done. <laughs> like so. Well, I think they either thought they were done there, or they thought that it was good that they were going to get catch like it was going to be magic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're still putting on Theo Walcott, so you know, Jesus yeah, and it, and it was magic. But it was magic for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've been there or thereabouts for the past couple of seasons. They can do one now. <laughs> um, right, so. Moving from a game at the bottom of the table to one at the very, very top, Leicester nil, Arsenal one. Um, Martinelli scores for Arsenal, forty-six minute. Huge result for Arsenal, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, are we back on the Arsenal going to win a camp? 
God, I hope not. I'm yeah. not going to win at camp. God, I hope not. Me and Simon yeah. both decided we don't want them to win, so off, off the city for me. <laughs> I think they, 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 they've certainly gone over the little wobble that, that they were having. I think the, the, getting the result in the last minute, obviously last weekend, unfortunately, against us was, was a big thing for them. And then the game on the weekend, even though it was only 1-0, it was, it was, I felt, Arsenal were much more comfortable in that game than in their win against us. Like it was against us, they had a few nervous moments, but against Leicester, I at no stage did I ever think that Leicester were gonna were gonna really trouble them. I think James Madison didn't play, and I think Leicester really really missed that creativity when he's like there. Um, and yeah, Arsenal, I, I thought coasted for that game and. I mean, it's almost a shame they did they did win it because it would have been nice to have seen another Arteta rant about that disallowed goal, which which was a joke to have disallowed that goal. I don't know what you guys think, but I thought that was a ridiculous decision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I echo what you've just said there, to be honest, I, because if you look at the, the stats, I mean, wow. The st- I just fell down to the stats and I was just about to... <laughs> interject and just say something exactly like that because uh, to, to me Leicester when I look at this Leicester didn't lay a glove on them 66% possession for Arsenal 10 shots Leicester don't have a single shot on target at home as well that's pathetic no shots on target no corner like <laughs> it's just I mean uh, Leicester should not be where they are I totally I, I think we'd all agree they've definitely got the players but You've still got that clown as manager, so it gives us hope. So they they've had a really really odd season, haven't they? I mean, they, they had a terrible start and then went on like a really good run before the World Cup, and that break looked like it killed them again. And then they they go, they put four past us, they put four past Tottenham. And so you think they're on like a you know a bit of an up curve again, and then they go and put in that performance on the weekends, just really really odd. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, like we said, like the reason I don't think Arsenal will win it is I don't think they've got the now. St- I think that City can go and stack, sort of like pick up how many points have they got left to pick up? Mm, 39. They could pick up like thirty six of those points, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I yeah, I know you. Yeah, like, Arsenal can do the same. They've still got to play each other as again as well at the end at the Etihad. Yeah, and they're not going there and beating them. Sorry, no. but they're not. But they have got they have got us at home, then Bournemouth at home, then Fulham away. You probably think they're getting nine points out of the next three games. So, I'm yeah. sorry, but, I'm sorry, but we're, they're going to absolutely destroy us, aren't they? Arsenal, yeah, yeah, they're still Arsenal, I suppose. Yeah. Arsenal. Oh, and this, this, this is the thing, like because obviously last season it looked like it was impossible for them not to finish in the top four, and then just completely crumbled when when it got to that pressure point. So you kind of you still. There's no basis to say that you can really trust them that they're going to still, you know, uh, carry, you know, see this through to the end. And, and I, like yourselves, I, I feel that 
City they've just they've done it so many times you know they're capable of just stringing eight nine wins in a row together so yeah I, I still think City will win it I mean I, you don't know how, how, um, how they're going to take the Europa League as well Arsenal are they going to sort of like have it on the back burner until the league starts fritting away I don't know and Sport and Lisbon aren't a bad side either and they've got Sport and Lisbon to play so that could be quite interesting where they go with that. Yeah. I think surely, surely at the stage they're at now, they've got to they've got to sacrifice the Europa League and, and put all their eggs in the Premier League basket because they're in such a good position. Where they've got such oh yeah, and, I, I mean I hope they do, and I hope they fuck it up, and then I hope they hope <laughs> they fuck the Europa League up as well. So you know, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, they, should, they they've got to be doing that right because now. It really is impossible for them not to finish in the top four. <laughs> they, you think? <laughs> they, so the the only appeal I know it's a yes, it's a trophy, but the main reason a team like Arsenal will take the Europa League seriously it's is the Champions League, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, I'm just looking at this the news on uh, Gabriel Jesus, and he's potentially two weeks away from returning. So. That'll be good for them, to be fair. I mean, as much as I like Nketi, I, I, I think Jesus gives them a bit more, as it yeah. were. Oh, he's a much better player. Oh, yeah, much better player than that. Nketi's a dick, so, you know. <laughs> um, and another, so we're, we're bouncing from one end of the table to the other. Back down to the bottom, we've got West Ham 4, Forest and Mill. <laughs> Huge win for West Ham, that wasn't it? Because uh, I mean, we l- last weekend, well, to be honest, quite a lot this season, we've kind of been discussing West Ham. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what, what your thoughts are, Adam. Um, I, like I was saying last week, I really can't put my finger on why, like, what's happening with West Ham this season. Because you look, I, you know, the last couple of years, they finished what top six, top seven, I think, two years in a row. In, on paper, it looked like they'd spent quite well in the summer. And like, you look at their team, there's some good players in there. Like, I, I can't really work out why they're struggling so much. I don't know what, what, what you're seeing, what you think. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of the players they brought in and the squad that they had already. I do wonder a little bit whether we were looking at them and West Ham have been a team that have maybe been outperforming like their... Yeah underlying numbers as it were for a while they had they, they had when they were sort of he caught lightning in a bottle didn't he and was scoring goals for fun yeah I mean the the typical West Ham problem has been that they can't ever find that striker yeah <laughs> looks like looks like the elf you divvies <laughs> Um, and I also wonder whether the um, that back four is maybe aged together a little bit. Yeah, it's it's no um, it's no coincidence they dropped that Kara and they've won and kept kept the clean sheet because he is absolute murder him. Um, he is he's terrible. He is absolutely <laughs> god awful. And I'm gutted that they've dropped him, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, Forrest is a, 
is a nice opponent for them. Like it's, it's the, the exact game they're needing at home because Forest away, as good as they've been at home, their away form this season has been absolutely dreadful. And yeah, it's a, a an ideal opponent for for West Ham and get get Danny Ings in there. He, you know, he's a goal scorer. Always, I always liked him with us. Um, and it, I, you know, it's a smart signing for West Ham, really. And I, I, I think, despite the sort of struggles they've had this season. I kind of, I've always looked at the squad and thought there's, there's, there are too many good players in there for them to be in that position. And, and now they've got someone who can sit the ball in the back of the net. If they provide the service to him, I think they'll pull themselves away. I agree with you. But I also think that West Ham are the one team who always scream, you think we're too good to go down, let us show you differently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree with that as well, to be honest. They've done it before. Newcastle like to threaten for that crown, but the, the days of that are over. Unfortunately. You've all heard this song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just... Jesus. I mean, as much as I like David Moyes, I wouldn't be asked if I've seen West Ham go down. Like. I mean, I'd love them to go down. I'm not a fan of of them and their owners in particular. I, uh, I absolutely cannot stand. So I'd love West Ham to go down, but... Unfortunately, I, I think that, especially compared to like the other teams in the round there, I, I think they've got more about them. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, I agree. Um, and then we move on to the later games on Saturday and we can jump back up to the table. Manchester City 4. Well, no, sorry. Bournemouth 1, Manchester City 4. Um, Bournemouth were never in this game. No, the rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> um, City could have put if they wanted to. City could have put about ten past these, and that's yeah. not even that's not even a word of a lie. And no. Jen, they just they just won won at half time and went right to do your worst, didn't they? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, nothing to do. Nothing exactly, and the. I mean, but how Bournemouth are just. In our Premier League team is absolutely beyond me. I mean, I'm not, that, I'm not saying that you weren't taking it seriously, but when you look at the like, no De Bruyne, <laughs> uh, they played this this Lewis kid wearing eighty two. I thought he was a fullback, but he seemed to be playing somewhere. Yeah, yeah um, they just plonk him on the pitch, don't they? Really. <laughs> Yeah, I think he, I think he is meant to be a fullback, but I mean, when when they 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 uh, when they lost at Tottenham the other week, he he played in midfield a lot, and it didn't work then. But I mean, against Bournemouth, I think you can afford to have just three at the back and, and have an extra midfielder in there, can't you? Yeah. But I mean, like as you say, Bournemouth are, are rubbish anyway. But I I'm mean, they didn't. Have, the, um, I'm not saying the BBC have got this wrong. But I'm just looking at this how they've got Man City lining up, and apparently. They had, um, according to Manchester, according to the BBC, they had um, Alvarez and Gundogan as the holding midfielders, with Rodri and Grealish playing through the middle as the. <laughs> well, I mean, all, all I'll say about the BBC is, uh, on match of the day on Saturday, they put a picture up of Aaron Ramsey when they were talking about Jacob Ramsey. So, you know, wow, you, you, you can, yeah, you can, you, you can question their uh, their logic at times. I think. Um. Uh, and another thing as well, the um, they the, the just put on this 
this Argentinian kid, Perone, whatever his name is, never even fucking heard of him. Yeah. Just bang, just bang him on. I'm not saying not saying born with a crap, but even Calvin Phillips got a run out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a quick one on Bournemouth. I was just about to it, look at their team, and you're like. I w- I'm, I'm an Everton fan, and I wouldn't have any of them players. Not one. Not even the striker. And I know it's Dom- I know it's Dominic Solanke, and I would not have him in my team. They are rubbish. I, it, it made me uh, you know, think back to the beginning of the season and sort of forget that... You forget that Scott Parker was one of my <laughs> season. <laughs> And and he left under a, a cloud of mystery, and we all know that that probably has to do with him saying, "This lot of crap. I need some, I need some more." <laughs> yeah, it turns out, turns out he was right, wasn't he? <laughs> does, yeah, he might have been onto something. <clears throat> just to just to depress myself even further. This Bournemouth team put seven goals past us in two in two separate games. So you know, <laughs> I mean. I mean, we, we, we lost to Bournemouth on the opening day of the season as well, but, you know, uh, we, we had Stephen Gerrard in charge at the time, so I'm not counting. Well, we had Lampard as well, so, yeah. <laughs> that, them them two games never happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, Man City cruised this one. Yeah. Um, fun fact, uh, so, I don't know if this was picked up, I didn't pick up on match of the day, but this was Man City's 25th game of the season. Um, Erling Haaland broke the Man City record for single for goals in a single Premier League season. Still, the still the thirteen games left. Jesus, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, just what what can you say? Other than it's just an absolute goal machine. You know, you, you know, there's obviously debates going on about our City actually. You know, were they better last season without him? You know, and all that nonsense, but. I mean, there may be some validity to some of that at times, but in terms of just pure goal scoring, like it is, there's just nothing like him around at, at the moment. It's, uh, it's it's unbelievable, really. Well, I was thinking about that. Um, uh, all these this stuff about are they better without him? Are they better with him or not? And I, I see this image of them playing this all season, pretty much all season. Man City. Winning the league in probably a, tight, a relatively tight title race, but I've got this image of of Holland getting a brace, a hat trick in the Champions League final, and everyone being like, "What are you on about? He's great." Yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's, yeah. A, he's just a freak, isn't he? He's just an absolute freak. Um, to add a bit of context, that record that he broke with Sergio Aguero's. Not Sancho. Wow. It's like when Mikel Antonio got to 80 goals and became West Ham's Premier League all-time leading goal scorer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, well, to, yeah. To break, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Sergio Aguero, he wasn't bad, was he? So, no, exactly. To, uh, <laughs> to break I mean, that, um, as you say, with 13 games to go, I mean... No, this, I, this, I, take, I take Aguero now. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. Without any legs, he'd probably still yeah. score more than that. Still yeah, scoring yeah, more than Neil Arden. His heart might be about halfway through a game. Oh, just get him on. Get him on. He'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> um, and we've gone, from, we've gone from the top of the table to the bottom of the table. Back, um, yo-yoing back and forth. We've got 
ourselves a classic mid-table clash. Central game this. I mean, Sky have made some really, really strange decisions this season with some of their televised games. Like, they, there's been a lot of weekends where they put a lot of shits, like nil nils and one one draws on. It's very hard, but yeah, this this was uh, this was not prime time Saturday night viewing, was it? I mean, I, I think Dave mentioned in our in our group. I'm not even going to go into Liverpool because I can't even skip them, so I'm moving on from Liverpool. Um, Palace. They're in. They if they don't buck up, they're in trouble soon. You know. You think? Yes, I think I that's. Agree, ter- yeah. I think that's terrible. I I think I, you kind of they're one of those teams that and we've said this kind of a few times this season. You you don't really ever notice them until you're actually playing them yourselves. So you kind of think you know they're always all right, and I, you know looking at the table, they're in a, a decent position, but I. I could see them being dragged into it because, again, that like like the dude teams, they're really struggling to score goals. They, they don't they don't lose an awful lot. There's, there's a lot of draws in there. It only takes you know things to sort a few teams below them to maybe pick up a few points, and it can get a bit nervous. I, I mean, I think they'll be okay, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did as the season goes on get dragged into it a bit more. Right. So their next five games. A Villa away, City at home, Brighton away, Arsenal away, and Leicester at home. They could easily lose all five of them. But they've already seven. They pick up ten points in fourteen in fourteen games. Yeah, but to be fair, though, after that they've got Leeds, Southampton, then us. So you know they'll probably save yeah. themselves with them three games. <laughs> Well, and, and this is it. Like you, you kind of, you, you just you don't notice them at all. They're just a team that you, you you don't really know what they're doing. But but they just seem to pick up points every now and again here or there without anyone really knowing what's going on. They're very very odd team. We we played them at Goodison, and to put into context, we've scored seventeen goals in the league. We scored three of them against Palace. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I think, I think Palace will be fine, but I think that what Palace will be is the Southampton of this season, next season, when uh, Zaha won't sign a new contract, he'll go, and there'll be that team that have just been kicking around for too long, and they'll... Yeah, possibly, yeah. I mean, I, I think, because... because They've got. They have got a couple of really good players. Like the Ez, I really like Ez and I really like that Elise. And I could. They're the type of them sort of two players that you could easily see being being plucked away from Palace in in the summer because they're they're good young players that are going to want to keep progressing and you know try and move on to bigger things and and they're never going to get that at Palace. And yeah, I, I agree with you, Adam. I, I think they they could be they could be the team like like Southampton for next season. But they've, and they've still got players like they're still playing Nathaniel Klein Schlupp George well, he doesn't even have to be said does he he's fucking yeah. um, they're, they're a very unbalanced team I would say mm, but, yeah but I mean I'll have a quick word on Liverpool 
Fucking hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. no, no coincidence that uh, after their humiliation against Real Madrid in the week and their resort in the weekend that all of a sudden Ali can't do the podcast. Interesting. I know I'm here through thick and thin, me. <laughs> Getting grief nearly every week. And I'm still here. <laughs> Ali's come down. Has Ali come down with the sniffles? <laughs> he probably just comes come down with mid-table later, Sonny. <laughs> He's too busy at home making his sack clock banners. <laughs> and the bird. <laughs> oh, lordy. Yeah, it, it is funny. Right, like, objectively speaking, it is funny to see what's happening at Liverpool. It's, it's, I mean, we, we call, I, I mean, I can poke fun, it's funny. But, I mean, I know we're garbage, but I can still poke fun at Liverpool. Um, but, again, I'm still looking at the table thinking, these can still get top four, easily. It's it, it's the, they've got a, they've got, they play Wolves on Wednesday, which is one of the games in hand. They win that comfortably. They'll go above Fulham into sixth, and then they're only three points behind Tottenham with the game in hand. Yeah, this ain't over. <laughs> I've been around far too long to see this. But also, also be two points behind Newcastle. Newcastle would have a game in hand. Yeah, true, true, true. And let's remember, we've already lost to Wolves once. Yeah, I think it'd be different. I think it'd be slightly different at Anfield, personally. Why do you have to warn it? I know. I'm sorry. I'm just being. I'm just being a realist. <laughs> I mean, we want them to beat Wolves for God's sake. We're talking about other things that are funny. Tottenham two, Chelsea now. I mean, what? I I just I. I'm actually at a real loss for words now to try and work out what's what's going so wrong at Chelsea. Like, it's, I mean, it's it's hilarious. We just claimed that Palace are garbage. Chelsea are four points above Palace. <laughs> Chelsea. Oh yeah, I say again. Another thing we say every week: Chelsea are bad, bad, bad. They're only there's only goal difference keeping them in the top half of the Premier League. Yeah. And that goal difference is negative. Yeah, we're, we're, we're never on points with them, aren't we? Yeah. That is, uh, and with all due respects, I, that should not be happening. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. It would, a team that, that was already on paper had to, you know some very good players in there and then I spent £600 million should not be sitting 10th in the Premier League with a negative goal difference. That is just, you know, we, we say it every week, they spent hundreds of millions, and I honestly I cannot work out where that money has gone because they, like, they've not got any. They've got worse. I don't understand how you can spend that much money and get so much worse. That's how. Incredible. How is how is Ruben Loftus Cheek still starting for Chelsea? <sighs> did, did he start? Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! Whoa. And uh, as much as I don't mind Ziyech. How's it still starting? It's just... What? I mean, he, he, he'd be at PSG if the fax machine worked. But, I mean, the, the money they've spent, and... I'm just... Like you said, I'm just lost for words with them. It's just, And to make it even funnier for them, my, my man, Thiago Silva, got injured. 
if, if he's if he's properly injured, they really are in the shit. Because like I say every week, Thiago Silva is Chelsea's best player by some distance. Yeah, and I mean, he, dude, I mean that for Farner. Wow, Leicester must be having a party. <laughs> I think it's, that I think what was baffling is you spend six hundred million pounds and you're still playing Havertz up front. Oh, that, yeah, that, that yeah. as well, yeah. Like, <laughs> Havertz is obviously a great player. We'd, we'd all have, we'd all three of us would have him in this in our team, but we don't want him playing as a number nine. Yeah. He's, he's not going to get you twenty plus goals, is he? Let's face it. No. Well, this is you know the, the whole you know one of the big things about that you spent you know six hundred million. Did it add no stage that occurred to maybe buy a striker? No, clearly not. No, I, I just I mean, clearly there's there's things afoot or Potter doesn't really fancy him, but you've got a Bamiyo. Yeah. Now, if you're going to bring a like a Bamiyang is famously a short-term thing, like because you can't keep him happy long enough. His ego, his, and he will be sort of dressing room cancer eventually. But in the short term, he can work and be a huge success. But not if you keep picking him on the bench. So I can only imagine that he's doing more damage than good. I, I, I mean, yeah. But I think we said this a good couple of times as well, and it's sure. Well, the, just the the funny one with, with the Bamiyang. It's funny you mentioned that because I was I was listening to um another podcast last week, and it was um it was someone that's some, like journalist who's like in, in, works a lot with Chelsea, and, and they were talking about Bamiyang, and he was saying that all the reports and everything is that. He's he's well liked uh, within amongst the playing staff. The, the coaches like him, and that he trains really, really well. That he's there's he's not caught. There's no problems being caused with him behind the scenes. So that kind of it just makes it seem even odd to what's going. Well, you know, like you say, he's a short term fix, which you know Chelsea definitely needs right now because they create a lot of chances, but you know, they're just they're missing so many like. Like as bright as they were, uh, you know, we're doing for a few years. So it's it's odd what's going on with the Bamian because according to you know what what this journalist was saying, there there isn't anything going on behind the scenes that would make you think right. There's there's a disciplinary reason or anything like that why he he wouldn't be playing. So it just makes it even weirder when you consider they've only won two in the last what 13, 14 games or something like that. Is it? it do, do you think Boss is going to make? Next week, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think so. I, I think I think he will. But yeah, they're, they're gonna they're gonna start asking questions. Surely, I think I think they are invested in Potter because I think if they weren't, he'd be gone already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do, I do think that as well. But I mean, it, they're gonna have to come to come to the conclusion where. Right, this is not working. This I mean, is not You can. I, I agree with with you. Um, what you say there, Adam, that he he'd probably be gone already if they weren't, you know, really invested and, and wanted to stick with it. But it's it, it's how long can you still stick with that? You know, if if you keep if they keep losing and they you know look, you know they drop into the bottom half of the table with ten games to go, or whatever. 
the crowds are already sort of turning. Understandly, and you know the reports of death threats being sent is there's no no but I mean, you know, it's, it is Chelsea fans at the end of the day, so we shouldn't be too shocked. So for the year, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when the crowds start, you know, they, they defeat Southampton last week, you know, that it wasn't just one or two boos, that the whole crowd were going great. So it's, whilst I agree that I think they really do want to stick with him and, and are fully behind him, but there's only so long that, that you can keep doing, keep going along with on that road. Could the maybe the Dortmund game will be a an inflection point? Possibly, possibly, yeah. yeah. If they're out yeah. in the Champions League, they're they're in the near the they're flirting with the bottom half of the Premier League. It's it'll be difficult. I mean, I I really like Graham Potter. I really liked him when he was. I liked him when he was at Swansea actually in the Championship. I I, I liked. It. I really liked the job he done. Did with Brighton, and I think he comes across as like a really nice, good, yeah, decent I, person as well. I so him, re- I wanted him instead of Lampard. Yeah, well, I wanted him. Fucking when I wanted us to get rid of Gerard, I wanted to get Potter in. Like I, I think he's a really good manager. I just so I kind of I really hope it works out for him. But at the same time, it's Chelsea, so I'm kind of not really asked if he doesn't. Yeah, but and that's a, and that's the thing. He's he's sort of gonna. This is gonna take him some battering, like, and but to be fair to him, he probably walk into another job, so all's not lost. And plus, he didn't he sign a six-year deal? Nice big fat payout for him, anyway. So I wouldn't feel too sorry for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I imagine he's gonna—he would fall into a job any worse than Brighton, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. He's probably a bit of a like a, a free hit if you, if you get sacked by Chelsea no one looks down on you no everyone yeah. gets sacked by Chelsea exactly but if you get sacked by them twice he's sad you, you, know, you, you can almost see with Potter like if, if he doesn't work out and, and he loses the Chelsea job in the next few months you, you could see like Leicester getting him in the summer yeah yeah yeah. I'd, I'd probably go with Leicester to be honest that's probably a good shot though um, that, that was the end of the, the Premier League football we had on the weekend. We did have a trophy, um, the Carabao Cup final Wembley, Manchester United versus Newcastle, Manchester United to Newcastle nil. We talked about this on Extra Time about when this fixture was revealed after the after the semi-finals, um, about how this felt like a really important game to, to me for both teams because I've kind of thought back to how if you look at like Mourinho and, and Guardiola how they sort of treated the the League Cup and sort of like as a, a tool for instilling a winning mentality Mourinho was famous for it wasn't he yeah he took it super seriously yeah. in 2005 right His first yeah when he beat Liverpool we <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, I agree. I mean, the fact that it's what, six, was it six years since United, since Man U last won a trophy? So it, it was huge for both teams, definitely. And I think, uh, you know, I think Man United fans in the past have, have been a bit sniffy about the League Cup, but they were in no position to be. And uh, yeah, it was a, I thought it was a, a really, really important game for both teams and, and huge, huge win. Like, like you say, to try to instill that winning mentality, because let's be honest. 
at Man United over the last few years, especially when they had that PE teacher in charge. That that winning mentality went right out the window. And Ten Hag, I mean, he's done a hell of a job there, hasn't he? Oh, he has. And, and fair play to him. Um, that Casimir always special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm having to eat a bit of humble pie on this one. Um, <laughs> not not because I didn't rate Casemiro, ever. I've always obviously known how good a player he was. I just thought it was a bad bit of business to be spending that much money on a 31-year-old. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I did as well. I thought it was typical of United's sort of signing policy over the last few years. but Exactly, and I, and I felt at the time that Man United were more than just... A, one, one sort of like piece of the jigsaw away. I didn't think that like if it if it had been like oh, you bring Casemiro in, this would be the icing on the cake, and and you'll be rolling. Yeah, yeah. Shows what I know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree with that. I think if Rashford isn't in this form, I think he'd struggle for goals though. That Vegor, yeah. that is. Next to useless. It's <laughs> um, just a focal point for them, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but, I mean, I didn't get it because they were just lumping the ball to him, and Newcastle were like this is easy. I, I, and can I just say, by the way, I don't think Newcastle played that badly. No, I agree. I, I thought Newcastle. I mean, I, I only saw bits of the first half, but I watched all the second half, and I thought. They the ball was was in the Man United half a lot more than it was in Newcastle's half, and I thought they did play well, but I never ever felt that they were going to score. They they no, really lacked a cutting no. edge. Yeah, they had no edge at all. Did they? I thought I, I thought Saint Maximum was putting himself about first half, and then he sort of died off. I, I kind of felt a bit sorry for Newcastle fans because, like you said, um. They've, they've been in, their form has dropped off a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, there was obviously the the red card for Nick Pope, which was hindering their, hindering their chances. And yeah, they didn't ever really seem to be at the at the like the ascendancy of this game. And once once the, the Casemiro goal it was. A tight VAR decision on whether it was was onside or not. He was just onside, and then minutes later, for that unfortunate, that, like apparently the goal's going down as Rashford, but it's, it's a wicked deflection, like isn't it? close to yeah. a close to an own goal. Um, and by that point, it was only thirty nine minutes gone, and you just knew. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, I couldn't have summed it up better there. I thought, and like. A couple of us have said on this po- on this podcast, it's starting to show the players Newcastle, who Newcastle have actually got in their team now. The long staffs. Joel Linton was dreadful yesterday. I thought, by the way, um, I mean they're still putting on Richie Murphy, and, and you're just looking at these going, nah, these aren't these aren't as good as everyone thinks, you know. Um, and it's starting to show now, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately for me, because I hate them. They've also been all about sort of being defensively solid, and they got ripped apart a bit, didn't they? To be honest, it's like once once they've gone behind, you never think that they. they I mean, I never thought they had the firepower to. 
Yeah, mm. yeah, I agree with that. And I, I would have started that Isaac, by the way. Um, I thought he would have caused them problems in the first half. But he's, he's gone for what he thought. And, oh, well, never mind. The PE teacher got it wrong. <laughs> and it will come yeah. out that he's a PE teacher soon. Mark my words. And I'd say, like, if, if you're a Newcastle fan, obviously, you know, it's been eight, quite a long time since you've been in the final, let, let alone with a trophy. Oh, God, so oh yeah. I'm pl- it's, it's great to, to have got there, but once you're in the, once you're there and you played in the final, if you're, a, if you're a Newcastle fan, I think you'd have a feeling of, like, bit of a letdown. Like, they, that, they just, they, like you say, they kind of, they, they always felt as soon as they went one nil down, but like they didn't believe they were ever going to come back into it. And I just, you kind of, you come away, or well, I would come away from there feeling like, do you know what? We, we didn't really give the best account of ourselves in this game. Yeah. Yeah, because it went for the throat a bit more, I thought. And I know that, I know that obviously we talked about the, the Pope situation being lucky, but if you're choosing to play Carrius in a final, you've only got yourself to blame. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was it his fault, though, that goal? It wasn't his fault, I'm being facetious, but... No, I, I, yeah. I, I, totally, I, I totally agree with him, he's garbage, but... Um, and I, I, just, mean, I just wanted to remember the time he threw one in the Champions League final. <laughs> hey, you can talk about that whenever you want, mate, whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for, for the talk of, of like, the goalkeeping situation... Didn't make any deal. If Nick Pope was in goal, they'd have still lost that game 2 0. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. You were trying to say, on, was it Carragher who said, oh, Pope would have saved that? I was like, oh, shut up, Jamie. You absolute melt. Yeah, because yeah, he that... didn't. didn't save that because he was bad. He, he, no one would have. I don't think any keepers. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That, that, that second goal, it's, it's, it's a, a bit of yeah, it's a bit of a free goal, and it he's just it's in it smashed against them, money. Maybe De Gea, just because he has he has that probably has insane reflexes, but I don't. I think nine out of ten goalkeepers are letting that in. Yeah, I mean, once you've already sort of you, you made your move to save the initial shot, and then when it spins up like that, it's, to try and shift your body weight, then it's almost impossible, isn't it? And I, I, I don't like defending some, uh, an ex-copite or a copite, but yeah, leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, he's stuck with you, Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay would have saved it. <laughs> <laughs> mate, that save you made from Watkins said was unbelievable. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I've I've always said he's a great keeper, but no one listens to me. I <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, how important do you think this win is for Manchester United then, in terms of the? Because I'm just I'm just sort of skim reading this uh, this this match report while we're while we're talking about it and it just reminds a little bit of a reminder that Eric Ten Hag's first two games from Manchester United were losing at home to Brighton and getting 4-0 down at half time against Brentford <laughs> it seems like yeah. forever to go doesn't it it does yeah I mean we've as, I mean, we've kind of said on this a few times you know the he's, he's Ten Hag has got some of the really big decisions right and he's 
you know, been really decisive with them. You know, the, the whole Ronaldo thing, I think any anyone with any sort of sensible sense of football knew it was the right thing to get rid of him. And I thought the way he did it was really well. The way he's uh, sort of handled Jaden Sancho's, um, you know, issues that he's had off the pitch, I thought was ha- handled really, really well. And, you know, it's allowed him to come back playing again. And, um, yeah, but, you know, to, to win a trophy, it's not easy to do. <laughs> So, you know, to do it after, what, nine months in charge? And I think I, I saw something the other day. I think, I think they've only lost two of their last 31 games now, which, you know, you, you really can't argue with that. There's still, there's still a lot of work to do in terms of, I think, for them being title challenges or anything like that. I think that there's areas of that pitch that really need upgrading. But you, you can't knock the job that he's done there and, and the way he's got them sort of all playing together. I got got like the fan base back on board. It's as annoying as it is from a neutral point of view to see United being decent again and doing well. You kind of, from a footballing point of view, you, you just you, you've got to say it's, it's a really good job. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd probably echo that. Um, especially he's he's got Rashford playing. I mean, don't get, Rashford's had a great year. Um, and yeah, just echo what you said there about Ronaldo and Sancho. And um, fair play, I'm, I'm sure he had the same bringing in some of the players. And, I mean, everyone was slagging off that Martinez when he first signed, and he was really good yesterday, to be honest. Um, and he has been good recently as well. He's, he's certainly one of those players who you'd like to have him playing on your team. Cause he's yeah, yeah, just an absolute knobhead, really, yeah. yeah. A bit like yeah. Carl Martinez. Oh, don't get me started on him. <laughs> um, but you have answered, you have sort of preempted my question, one of my questions there, Simon Slightly, which was, are Manchester United in this title race? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think they're at the, the same level that Arsenal City are at. But then you say that, you, as I say, they've lost two of the last 31. Like, it's, I, I personally don't see them being capable of winning the league this season, but yeah, I, I don't think that we're not at the stage yet where I think you could definitely rule them out of it. But I think it'll be tough for them. It would take it would take a collapse from by both, if, by both, yeah, really, by both yeah. yeah. If, if you if they were just chasing maybe one of them down, maybe they'd have more of a chance. But if you're looking for both, like yeah, like you just said, for both of them to to collapse, I, I just don't see it happening. Maybe a, a more fitting thing is that maybe they're going to play a role in this title race. So that, that role might not be for them, but they might take points off from the others and play a part in coronating one of these teams as champions. Can we say, can we just not forget that Ali said they were going to lose their next four games and oh. they won two out of two? Yeah, I do you know. I was, I was thinking maybe that was a reason that he stopped come on as well. I'm, I think he actually said the next five. He was they were going to lose all of the next five. So uh, yeah, yeah, whatever, mate. <laughs> two out, two in two. Ali, shut up, mate. <laughs> the good news I can add to that is that one of those four games that he's claiming will be against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah it was interesting that he included that in there. I, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be so sure about that. <laughs> he was riding high last week. <laughs> Yeah, because they beat. Um, Who's they beat? You and ten man Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's a. We have a 
what is it? There's FA Cup games midweek and a couple of Premier League games. But yeah, that's that was the weekend of football. That's just been a, anything that either of you want to add? Uh, no, not for me. No, not for me. Not looking forward to Wednesday. <laughs> no, like, yeah, a, que- a question for for the two of you. Like honestly, do you think you'll stay up this? Like, if gun to your head, are you staying up this season? Yeah, I think we will. I don't think we will. I don't think it'll have much to do with us. I think it was. I just think <laughs> we're a bad team. What do you think, Sai? Do you think we'll go? I think it's. I think the last spot, personally, I think is between yourselves and Leeds. I. <laughs> I, I think you. What would I, I give you the edge in terms of? I just think I think both yourselves and Leeds are struggling. Uh, will be struggling to score goals, but I think you'll keep more clean sheets than they will. And I think I think you'll you'll have enough to stay up. Just. I, I'd, I'd, maybe I'm just being too negative, but I just don't see where the the goals are coming from at all. Mm. I really don't. I really don't. And Leeds have got Chelsea, so Chelsea away next. That should be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got we've got Chelsea in a couple of weeks as well. So yeah, I mean, I I said this again last week. I said you're looking at our next few fixtures, and some of them are brutal. And you look at the Stamford Bridge game and go, right? Normally you go, right? That's a loss. But now you're looking at it going, right? We've got to go and beat these. Yeah, see. We- yeah, the Arsenal game the way, and we've got Forest Brentford and Chelsea. That could be nine points. Exactly. <laughs> what, what, what are you worried about? I know. That's it. I mean, don't get me wrong. We haven't won at Stamford Bridge since 1994, but you know, stranger things have happened. Like if Southampton, if Southampton can go and beat them. Last time we were, last time I was there, I think we were lost four 0 Oh yeah. The one before COVID. It was just before COVID when Ancelotti was still there. Yeah, yeah I remember it. And uh, Billy Gilmore absolutely ripped us apart. Yeah. Remember Billy it well. <laughs> Billy Gilmore of Brighton fame. Wow. That, that's Jimmy on your end. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Right, now I need to remember the spiel that Chris is really good at. So you can... Um, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Man on the Post or Instagram Man on the Post. Um, there's a Facebook account there somewhere. You can get us in iTunes and leave us a review. And Chris, I feel like Chris has written down, but he just he just it just flows. <laughs> it's so professional, and here I am just coming in. Um, so where can we follow you on Twitter? Uh, so yeah, on Twitter it's at Sire Regan and for Villa fans, the Holtcast podcast and the website seventy five hundred to Holt dot com. And Carl, what do you want to plug? Yeah, nice one, mate. It's at Dictionary Dean. We're still going through the A to Z of Everton. Next up is S. Excellent. I don't, I don't have to do anymore because I'm happier in my life now. Uh, <laughs> That's not true. I'm not happy in my life, but I have had to. So because of that, I've had to get rid of Twitter. But anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you for 
taking me through the weekend's football. I haven't seen enough of that, so that was good. Thanks, Si. Nice, Thanks, Carl. Um, and always remember to have your man on the post. Yeah.